It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, February 15th, 2022. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. Sitka reported 10 new coronavirus cases over the weekend, according to data from the Alaska Department of Health and Social Services. The 10 cases continue to push down Sitka's seven-day average, which now stands at 64 COVID cases reported in the last week. That's the lowest weekly case count since last December, before Omicron caused the biggest COVID outbreak to date in Sitka. And hospitalizations have remained relatively low throughout January and early February, compared to the Delta outbreak last summer. As of Monday, one person was hospitalized with COVID at Mount Edgecombe Medical Center. Since the start of the pandemic, the state has reported 2,163 coronavirus cases in Sitka. 6,698 Sitkins have received at least one dose of the vaccine. 3,589 Sitkins have received booster shots. A Sitka man has been sentenced to a four-year suspended prison term for his role in a 2018 drug hit that sent a woman to the hospital with gunshot wounds in both legs. 34-year-old Aaron Keith Diedrichson was sentenced on February 3rd by Ketchikan Superior Court Judge William Carey. Diedrichson had pleaded guilty to one count of assault in the third degree and causing fear of an injury with a weapon. According to court records, Diedrichson was an accomplice in an incident in which two enforcers arrived in Sitka from New Mexico to collect on a drug debt in March of 2018. Diedrichson met Christina Quintana and Andrea Avalos at the Sitka airport and ran errands for them before taking them to Solar's trailer court, where they awaited their target's return from the grocery store. When the victim and her boyfriend arrived in a taxi, they were forced inside at gunpoint and Quintana shot the woman in both legs. After the shooting, Diedrichson drove Quintana and Avalos to a wooded location. In the police investigation, Diedrichson admitted to selling a 22 caliber Smith & Wesson pistol to Avalos. He previously had sold a 10 millimeter Glock pistol to one of the victims. Both weapons were found in Diedrichson's trash outside his home two days later. The entire episode involved seven defendants, with Quintana taking the most jail time. In July of last year, she was sentenced in Superior Court to 20 years with no parole. In December, she was sentenced in U.S. District Court to 22 and a half years on drug trafficking charges, which she will serve concurrently with her state time. Andrea Avalos has pleaded guilty to drug conspiracy in federal court and will serve 12 years. In addition to his suspended prison sentence, Diedrichson will serve five years probation under state supervision. His sentence in federal court, also on conviction of drug conspiracy, was for time served. Leaks are still occurring at the Petersburg School District buildings from damage sustained from snow and ice earlier this winter. The major repair work will likely have to wait until the summer, but school officials say the buildings are safe for students now. KFSK's Angela Denning reports. The Petersburg School Board at their last regular meeting heard the details of the damages that happened in December and January. Um, high school band room, high school library, stopped that leak, ceiling tiles are back up. English classroom, uh, still leaking at the moment. Aaron Bueller is the district's maintenance director. He says there is a long list of damaged areas and some are still experiencing problems. They're still leaking in areas. I've been up in all the crawl spaces. There are temporary fixes, gutter systems, trying to catch water leaking from fish ropes and diverting them off over the edge of them. The district's insurance company assessed damages on January 18th, and the total repairs will cost $245,000. Insurance will pay most of it, except for a $10,000 deductible. 
The district's maintenance department has repaired the band room ceiling so it's safe for students. Bueller says that included work on an area where there was a major leak, removing some of the sheetrock and insulation. We found where the leak was coming from was caused by a chunk of ice falling off from the metal pitch roof and puncturing the rubber membrane. Band classes moved to the auditorium temporarily, but they are back in the band room now. Bueller says one of the high school classrooms, Jim Engel's room, sustained damage to several ceiling tiles. That roof had a lot of punctures in it from ice damage. The large icicles and all that, when they fell, I mean, they, they literally did puncture through. That's Superintendent Erica Kluepainter. She says huge ice chunks fell down and broke through several places in the roofs. Those icy areas were hard to reach, and when the chunks broke off, it was loud. You know, sounding like a truck hitting the building and, you know, falling in. I mean, they just puncture, you know, right through. So when they're that large, I mean, um, yeah, they're like cars <laughs> when they fall. The damage was from a combination of having flat roofs, which caused snow and ice to build up, and a weak membrane material in the roofing. Kluepander says they're hoping to make some improvements to the membrane when repair work is done, so they don't have the same problem in the future. What can we do to shore it up a little bit? Because we clearly aren't, I mean, we're not going to be able to build peaked roofs, you know, at this point on here. So how do we, how do we shore this up a little better? Most of the roof repair work will likely be done early this summer by a contractor. Then the local maintenance department can work on interior fixes after that. Clue Painter says they are hoping the planning process will go quickly so materials can be ordered and shipped sooner than later. The school district is also preparing for the possibility of another weather event by getting a new bobcat. The school board approved the purchase for $78,000. The machine is on a track rather than wheels. Maintenance director Bueller said it will be much more useful than the district's old bobcat from 2011, which is smaller and has lost its suspension. With the new Bobcat, it has a 2,400 pounds lifting capacity. Our old Bobcat has only 900. When we get heavy loads in from AML, we have to restack them on pallet feet offload the flathead. The new Bobcat has many attachments that can be used year-round for various things. The money for the Bobcat comes from the district's vehicle replacement budget. In Petersburg, I'm Angela Denning. Women's hockey fever took hold in southeast Alaska this month as the best teams in the world play for Olympic gold in Beijing. That's because one Czech hockey star has a huge, close-knit Huna family rooting for her. Claire Strimple reports for KTOO. The Czech women's hockey team made its debut at the Olympics this year. They lost to the United States in the quarterfinals last week, but their strong preliminary games and an early lead against the U.S. in the quarterfinals made some noise in the women's hockey world. They lead the United States 1-0 in a shocker. The expectation is that Team USA would be dominating at this point in the game. They aren't. Elena Mills is the Czech team captain. She's married to Thomas Mills, who grew up in Huna and Juno. They now live together in Russia, where he teaches while she travels to play hockey. Elena's mother-in-law, Jane Lindsay, lives in Juneau. I'm not surprised that she is in the Olympics. Uh, I'm actually a little surprised it's taken as long as it has. She says one thing that strikes her in Elena's story is how she committed her whole life to playing hockey. She even moved to the United States in high school so she could be on a team. There was pretty much no opportunity for her to excel at the level she needed 
in the Czech Republic for as as a woman, as a young lady. So I think I just really admire her for being at the place that she's at. The family couldn't join her in Beijing this year because of COVID-19 precautions. But that doesn't stop them from streaming the games, which are really late at night because of the time difference. The Huna family and all of us are just kind of, we're all over Facebook every time she plays. (laughs) I'll get on to the phone and be like, I can't believe she just made that shot or, you know, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. Valerie Wheeler is Elena and Thomas's cousin in Huna. She says Elena's Olympic journey has brought her huge family together. Even though we aren't face-to-face the whole time, we have our phones up and we're FaceTiming and we're wearing our number nine Elena Mills jerseys. Wheeler first met Elena when the couple stayed with her to meet family in Huna. She just like blended right in. Wheeler says they went casting for trout and she was especially happy that Elena embraced Tlingit foods she prepared, like herring egg salad and canned cockles. So she ate whatever foods we had, which is cool because when you come in from the outside, a lot of people will be like, who are not familiar with our way of life, don't have a desire to try different things. And she's very open. So Wheeler says seeing Elena achieve her dreams on national television is really moving. I totally leak tears because it's like, how awesome is that to have somebody representing uh, representing this? You know, she's married into our family, but instantly she's like one of us. A lot of the family is concentrated in Huna, but many members are spread out across Alaska and the lower 48. And during games, they're all tuned in. Facebook messages to a cousin in Kansas, chats between Juno and Russia. Elena's father-in-law lives really remotely on Excursion Inlet. Wheeler says he doesn't get the games out there, but he's always got his team hat on and stands by for text updates from the family when Elena plays. The bottom line, the whole thing is like our hearts are full of love, excitement and pride for her. And it's so cool because we are all spread out, you know, all over the U.S. and we are all feeling the same thing. It's you can't quite explain it, but it's pretty it's pretty powerful, pretty awesome. And it's like she's one person connecting all of us with all these feelings and emotions. Elena Hill's team won't medal this year. They were eliminated after a loss to the U.S. team. But the Hill family from Huna to Juno to Kansas to Russia was with her the whole way. Reporting in Juno, I'm Claire Strumpel. Taking a look at the community calendar. Sitka Tells Tales presents a new live storytelling event, Jumping Ship, Stories of Change of Course, at 7 p.m. today, both in person at The Beak and live on KCAW. Audience capacity is limited. For more information, call 907-738-2174. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.